There, that seems to work. Yeah, that went, that went quickly once, <laughs> once we got all the connections going on. Yeah, it helps to finally get connected. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'm just sitting here talking to myself, and you're talking to yourself. And... Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not even talking to myself. I'm just sitting waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing fine. Yeah, I watched a movie with my son-in-law last night and got in kind of late, so I I was kind of out of it this morning. Oh, you know, as you're getting older, you don't uh, you don't handle the late night stuff as well as you used to. As well as you used to, yeah, exactly right. It's like not for the faint heart today. No, yeah, it used to be. I I was it was easier for me to approach five o'clock in the morning from the other side than it yeah. was getting up at that time. I mean, that was, yeah. that was just the way I rolled, but, um, yeah. boy, anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm the same. It's just like, no, I just don't have what it takes to rush around like a crazy thing anymore. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hour days. I, I, I did, um, actually starting now with the, um, entrepreneurial uh, process starting my new business you know, I, I hit it hard and and I was like cruising man I was putting in long days and, you know I'm been six days a week sometimes seven and I was just like really going for it and then suddenly like last week that was it my body just said no yeah well, it's too bad you weren't. We weren't in the '60s when you started this, because apparently, according to the Beatles, there's eight days a week. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, I could have been doing <laughs> so much better. <laughs> oh well. So welcome, yeah. welcome to another discussion. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than yeah. A, Welcome, everybody. Other than our old age, I, I just found like you know on on everything. It's just like I mean you know last year I was like podcasting and I, I had two both podcasts going and I was talking to people and working and, and I just I got to this year and I I can't I can't keep this up. Right. So you know I actually wrote a post about it this week and just being you know, balancing that. Right. Life. Yeah. 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 What is important when and when it's important? You know, we've got to be able to keep ourselves balanced. That's part of that's part of just life, because as a general rule, you know, just like if uh, if you get a new revelation or whatever, all of a sudden the pendulum swings that way, and you you begin to be way overboard that direction. And then you go way back overboard the other direction. And then finally you end up in the middle somewhere. And um, it's not, it's not that you're compromising. It's just the zeal or the, whatever the, the, um, um, what would you call it? Well, I'll just say the zeal kind of takes you in that direction very hard and very fast and, and uh, it's everything you think about it consumes you and so you're push 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 and and um you know just like any for me it's it just about anything i start on you know if i if i start to do a job a different job or something you know it's it's that that begins to overtake me or overwhelm me for a period of time so uh, but i interject all my all my uh energy and everything that I'm doing into that. And, uh, I found out, like you said, you know, there's gotta be a balance in things. It's not, yeah. uh, if, if I'm going to throw all my, I just assume it be the Lord or something, you know, something at least, at least him, you know, that relationship would be fine if I did that, but yeah. I have a tendency to do it to just about anything else that comes along. Yeah. Well, we, one of two things we either Human human nature is strange. It's like kind of either do nothing, lazy, you know, never, never really initiate anything in your life. And on the other end of the scale is like way over the top. You 
know, too much. But it's drive. It's, you know, right. What, what is actually driving you? You know, uh, you could your behavior could be driven by um, like the sense of insignificance, insecurity, lack of confidence, right. lack of motivation, lack of purpose, and so we just don't do anything. Or otherwise, you know, on the it can that same that same sense drives you on the other end of the scale to do more, work harder, longer hours. Now, no, that was me, man. When I first started the ministry, it was just like, wow, drive, 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 18 hours a day, because success was the thing. I had to prove that I was successful as a... Right. Well, that even ties over to prayer or anything else. I mean, now, you know, oh, yeah, pray one hour a day. Well, bless God, if if it's good for me to do one, I'm going to do two. Uh, yep. you know, I, I remember when it went through the body of Christ there for a while back in the seventies, maybe early eighties, where could you not tarry with me one hour? Yeah. Um, there was another one too, that, you know, you're supposed to tithe everything in your life. So tithe, tithe your time, you know, to the Lord. Uh, so spend that time with him. So, you know, you found that 2.4 hours a day, uh, studying and praying or doing something for him. And so, but once again, that becomes a law or becomes works or dead works. Religious works. Yeah. Yeah, Just a religious works again. And it, and it doesn't benefit you. It doesn't benefit the Lord. It's just a, it's just now a law I live by. And uh, it just sucks you right back into that thing that, that we hate. (laughs) But, um, but if we can find the life of it, if we can find just, I guess that's the thing to rise up in the morning and say, okay, Father, what, what is it you desire for me to do? Because whenever I get involved in work, ministry, whatever, I immediately hit the ground running, thinking of what it is I'm, I'm going to do that day. Yeah. Rather than spending the time as a son of God, led by the spirit of God, finding out what's on his heart that day, finding out what he's got in mind, uh, for even that next minute. So, and you know, um, I have a feeling our, my life would be totally, uh, our, you know, would, would change drastically if I would do that even now, because even now I still have a tendency to hop up in the morning and think, okay, what have I got to do next? Ah, yes, breakfast. <laughs> uh, ah, yes, porch. <laughs> yeah, 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 porch. <laughs> I can feel the porch coming up on me. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. I don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm just taking it a little step further. But, you know, that, that was the thing is we were taught, like, Bible school days, early church days, back, you know, 40 odd years ago. It's like the priorities are, First God, then your wife, then your children. Um, no, first yeah, then church, then you know, then this, then that, and, and um, well, actually, we never got that quite right. But, no, no. Um, but it was still like, okay, you know, sometimes it's like, don't bother me now because I'm spending time with God. Right. I'm, I'm busy praying for you. You know, it's like the one lady said. When the husband came and said, honey, what are you doing? She said, get out and shut up because I'm praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite work like that. And, and as I began to pray about it, and I went through a, a time when uh, back in, gosh, it must have been about the year 2000, something around there. Um, I actually, one day, I, uh, I, I preached the Sunday, you know, Sunday. Sunday thing. I woke up Monday morning and I couldn't get out of bed. I just I couldn't I couldn't function. And uh, uh, I ended up getting this severe severe throat and uh, chest infection. Hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Just couldn't shake it. Uh, they put me on antibiotics. One guy said to me, he said, "You're on such strong." One doctor he said, "You're on such strong antibiotics to kill everything in your body." Like, um, there's nothing we can give you that's more than that. And I still couldn't shake. I 
all I would do is sleep. I would talk for 10 minutes and sleep for three days. Wow. And, uh, and it was, I'm looking fine, but, you know, so Michelle's going, what's the matter with you, you know? Right. Get up and go, go get up, your ministry's waiting for you. And I'm just like, oh, I couldn't lift my head off the, the pillow. I still try to do things, but my pain, my body was in pain, my chest was in pain. And, and then I went to the, to see another doctor and he said to me, I'm going to give you a vitamin booster shot because your immune system is shot. Oh, really? And he said, if we don't get your, your immune system up with rest and with the right nutrients, um, it's going to get the worst things are going to happen to you. So basically what had happened was I just hit this burnout stage, you know, and, um, uh, so I just, he gave me this shot and I got subsequently two or three others after that. The pain, man, I can, my whole body. And so I went to, I went to the store and I just, I bought anything and everything on supplements that looked like it could do anything to my immune system. <laughs> I handfuls of the stuff for months, just handfuls of, of supplements. And slowly but surely, but now even to this day, that's what the way like now, if I just push too much and I just go and I'm tired and I've worked, you know, not enough, got a not, not enough sleep, you know, push too many hours, stress too much, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, boom, baby, I'm like over the edge and my body I can feel it straight away. Hmm. So it's like a, a, a maybe like a measure in my life now on I've got to maintain certain balance in my life. But when I was praying in that situation, it, the Lord took me to um, Matthew chapter 6, 33, where it said, where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Ah, yes. And and um, and the word seek is, of course, we've discussed it before, but it's propon means in the order of first things. Right. First priority. And, and, and when, so I was trying to understand that because we've never really been taught that in church you know seek first the kingdom it's like going to church uh, doing things in church right so right right it's like right. what does that mean you know what does it mean seeking his kingdom and it means of course kingdom means his government in, you know so seek first his order as the priority as his right order his government immediately in the life and and one you know then i began to realize that everything in our life is season is just like there's a season for different things in our life. God will take us into a season. So and... you could have written Ecclesiastes then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it probably inspired something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and, and then I, I began to realize is that it's not, it's, I mean, God is always first in our life. But, you know, again, it depends on our perspective today. Right, like, right. God first could, you know, we, we have this idea of devotions, going to church, more meetings, whatever stories. But it really is knowing the season. You know, there might be a season that my wife needs attention and and needs my focus, needs me to be invested, presently invested in her life for a season that, that is more so than usual. Um, and if that brings rest to me, uh, you know, is that my children may need me in my presence focus. And, and um, business may need, you know, my team may need. And this week, we're, as kingdom entrepreneurs, um, we, or kingdom leaders, we need to really be assessing before the Lord, what season am I in? You know, what what is needing my prioritized attention right now? Um, rather than trying to keep all these spinning wheels, you know, you know, the, the right the plates, like, yeah, the plates you know, on the stick. The plates. Yeah. And he's like running up and down and trying yeah. to keep all the plates spinning until they all start falling off. And then he, you know, of course he, does, he gathers them all up before that, but so you, you know, but you can imagine it's just like trying to keep all these priorities going, Oh my God, did I pray enough? Did I worship? Um, and then of course we've got 15 books, new books out must worship an hour, pray an hour, read your Bible an hour. You know, everybody's got their different revelation. You know, right. Uh, and, and 
So, you know, so we kind of get out of balance on those things. One of the things that um, um, Justin mentioned the other day, you know, our friend, our friend Justin from South Africa, uh, he was just saying that uh, the thing that's really been getting to him is Mark chapter four <clears throat> area and Matthew 13 and, and uh, the one in Luke as well, but just the, the whole thing of the seed and the sower and uh, the ground. And the fact is, as you're saying that right now, I thought, well, how does a farmer approach these things? And I've got a friend who's a, who's a farmer here uh, in uh, close by. And, there are certain seasons that he does certain things and he's got to prepare for that season. He gets that, he gets everything ready. Um, you know, all the machinery and everything else. And when it comes time to do that, I mean, he is, he is there. I don't know what it is, 10, 12 hours a day doing whatever it is he's doing, whether it be seeding or if it's hard harvesting is especially the, the tougher time, but uh, seeding or prepping the ground or whatever, but there are times and seasons, like you said, um, you know, is it time to prep the ground? Uh, is it time to, and when you think about it, if we're in that constant state of, of being a husbandman, a husbandman, you know, what is the time and the season? What does my wife need right now? You know, what is that? What is that to cultivate her soil? and cultivate her life right now what is it that she needs and you just be aware of that what is my business need right now in the cultivation in this whole seasoning and time you know what does it need because a lot of times we don't think about what it needs right now there's such a constant um noise or a uh, a drawing to that that we just go flat out for whoever knows how long until we waste ourselves. But if we thought about it more like a farmer and thought about it more like, what does it need right now? What is this time and season? Uh, what does it need to cultivate the crop that I desire? Um, <clears throat> you know, it might need just need fertilizer right now. <laughs> you know, I, I might just, I might just, uh, like it says, dung it. Let me dung it for a year, as the scripture says, as King James calls it. Um, but you, uh, I know that my deal, and this is when I was ministry oriented, <clears throat> I confused the God, seek ye first the kingdom. I thought that meant God. I thought it meant prayer, study. And it also meant the ministry because I be, it, it all melded into one because I saw God as the ministry. And that was just me personally. And so consequently, my wife and family took second place to that whole clump. Yeah. And that's when, that's when you begin to run into trouble is that when... Um, because if we are to show if, if our whole marriage, the mystery of marriage is to demonstrate Christ in the church, well, that should be a pretty important relationship right there to be able to show people exactly how the kingdom works. Yeah. And your children uh, being the next generation. Well, yeah. What are you invested in? Huh? Right. Right, because that's that's what you're supposed to be doing everything for anyway. So, um, you know, so how, what, it, I guess if I took step back right now and look at life as a husbandman and, and somebody who's going to cultivate at certain times, that there's certain things that you need to do at certain times to bring about a crop, um, I don't even... A lot of times I've not even thought about what crop it is I want. I just knew I was supposed to be doing something, so I did it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just basically by the seat of the pants, not not really having a design or a... Um, but man, was I driven. <laughs> I did it. I did it with zeal. Whatever it was, yeah. I did it with zeal. Um, but I didn't really spend the time. And that's part of that... <clears throat> 
part of that that you you've been talking about or you've been on for a long time is that management. It's part of that managing the land, managing your land, managing our our situations, manage, you know, just being a manager, being a steward, being a good steward. So, yeah, and, that, and that, that, you know, well, you know, like I try and put everything into a very practical, everyday approach, you know, the, the practical strategy on what does that mean now? Because religiously, right. we talk a lot about a lot of stuff, you know, we, we have a lot of information out there, you know, it's just like, right, teachings and, and jolly, you know, services <clears throat> and everything. And it's like, what is the practical approach to where I am right now um, within my work context, my business context. Right, right. Waking up Monday morning, what does that mean to me? You know, how, how do I relate this to, to the people around me? And that, that becomes a very important facet to me is just like, don't, don't give me a religious context. Give me, a, you know, what a life context because that's why Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is a life a farmer, like a shepherd, like a king, right. like a landowner, you know, it's like a fisherman. He he related the kingdom of God to the practical everyday um, like environment, you know, not, he didn't put it into a religious context. You know? And uh, it made... Well, he said the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. I mean, it's about life. It's about, yeah. this is how you have life. This is how you exactly. live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's it's um, it's definitely a, a pursuit that we we've got, you know. I, and I, that's what, to me that's the the leader in us is that we're able to from an inner transformation to an outer transformation that people can look at our lives and they can see the order of the kingdom in our lives. Um, and, and we don't. It's not about perfection. It's about it as ambassadors and citizens, right? <clears throat> Religiously, we can, you know, call something sin, but yet we're indulging right. the same spirit, but just in a different place, but we don't think it's sin. Right. One thing that uh, you said there was ambassador, and that's something I awakened with this morning, was that whole idea of as an ambassador. Um, you know, who or what idea, what what do we represent right now? Whenever people look at you, like you said, they're, we are there to be examples of how to live or, or the kingdom or whatever, you know, how does God do this? And as people watch your life, because we're living epistles known and read of all men, you know, what, what are we an ambassador of every time they get around us and open up the top of the jar? What do they get a whiff of? You know, what is preserved in there? And um, most of the time, whenever people get around us, you know, what is it that they sense? What is it they they get? Uh, what is it I'm carrying as an ambassador? And they're going to see where I come from. Is it yeah. is it the latest political thing? Uh, is it the latest, um, you know, whatever whatever it is I have uh, that I'm giving out, or is it that, is it that essence of Christ in us that is hope for, for anybody around us? And uh, I guess that's the thing that I, I awakened with this morning was, uh, and when you brought that up, it just brought it back to mind again, was that whole thing of ambassador because, uh, and that's basically what we're talking about right now too, is, is the whole thing, leads to who we are as an ambassador of Christ, not just the ordering of our lives, but people are watching. We're, like I said, living epistles known and read of all men. People read our lives, no matter what it is that we think, oh, we're just going through a time and a season. Yeah, we are going through a time and a season, but people are watching. They're reading our life. It's not what we say necessarily. It's what we're doing. They're watching our life. And uh, that's probably one of the more important things that we can preach right now is our life. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, back in the 
Yeah, that was about me at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, but you know, it's kind of like God is now for me anyway. It's just this emphasis on on who we are. You know, it's just right. The, you know, the substance of who I am. Um, you know, what do people see? What do they? You know, what do they like to say? What what aroma do I put off? You know, um, when they when they touch my life, what 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 do they experience, you know, is it just this, um, well, you know, power gift with no substance, or, or is there substance to it, what about the fruit of the spirit, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking of a scripture that, that just affected my life a lot last year was, um, not last year, um, back a few years ago, I mean, it's been like a constant since then, but Galatians chapter one, you know, he's talking about, um, you who are spiritual, you know, restores such a one. Oh yeah. In in a spirit of humility. Spirit of meekness. You know? Yes, yeah. and and uh, because you know, take you know, be concerned about yourself because you could fall into the same sin, and and that's what I'm talking about. It's just like how we how we have punished um, and uh, ostracized, you know, rejected people when they don't fit into our world. You know, um, or into our worldview, and then we treat them so badly, right? But, but and then we call ourselves spiritual. That sounds like Pharisees, man. You know, right? Rather than than being um, those who are spiritual, restoring, right? <laughs> the one, right. the one who has fallen into sin, you know. And, yeah. And well, Paul even said, "Let everything be done unto edification." I mean, everything, everything be done unto edification. It's not, you don't go in and curse somebody and, and say, you're not doing it right, bozo. You, you now are going to be cursed forever and you and your family and what, I mean, whatever it is, you know, there's that, it's supposed to be done to restore such a one, not even, even correction. You know, whenever you correct your kids, it's not punishment. Yeah, It's supposed to be correction. Discipline and, and punishment, two different things. Right, right. You know, punishment, well, yeah. Yeah, and God doesn't punish us. No, no he doesn't. He chastens he us, or but it yeah. corrects those whom he loves. Yeah. Chastens those whom he loves, so. Yeah, as, as his son, he. Right. Because he's looking for substance. Yeah, right. Uh, you give you give a you know a five year old a twelve gauge shotgun and uh, and you know with a five five shot magazine and say okay they go and play and that's kind of what people want is just you know you you grow you've got to grow up into these these kind of responsibilities that you and it's not that it's not available. Um, and right. It doesn't happen, but the thing is, we we need the substance of of that in our lives as well. You know. Um, what does that say? Just, Where is that sorry? that it says that the the fathers do not anger your children, or do not, do not um, provoke provoke your children? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I looked at that one time, and it means to anger alongside. Yeah. yeah. To frustrate. Yeah. 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 But you're you're frustrating or angering alongside, so you're already angry, you're yeah. already frustrated, and now you bring them right along with you in that spirit, yeah. and you yeah. go, man, how you know, how do I not do that now with other people? Because if I if I'm frustrated with them and they won't listen or they won't whatever, you know, oh yeah. man, I've been preaching this for a long time. How come they're not getting it? You know, well, how long did it take you to get it? <laughs> yeah. You know, but you can you can condemn them or you can restore such a one when in the yeah. spirit of meekness, because, I mean, God was very patient with us. Our father was very patient with us. 
So, you know, rather than to beat up our beat up our fellow soldiers, um, you know, to edify them, to bring them up, to to build them up. I have found very few, uh, especially amongst the leaders, I found very few who are prepared to get off their pulpit, you know, off their platform and and get to a place where they go, I'm here to help you get restored. Um, right. It's a different thing, you know, do you believe it? Um, okay, go and be restored, you know. Um, right. But, you know, somebody said to me, um, <laughs> oh, we went to a certain place and yeah, they just came and they said, listen, we just want you to know. Because now I've, I've been in ministry, you know, and I was going through a very difficult time just trying to, like, discover who I am in this. Because, you know, being a pastor, losing everything, you know. Just, right. I'm, everything was shaken in my life. Everything was destroyed. And here I am, you know, working as a security guard. And I'm wondering, like, what is, I, I don't know what my life is about, you know. I've fallen off the bandwagon. And and somebody approaches, a leader approaches us and says, um, just want you to know there's no position for you in this church. Oh, okay. of, of all the things in the world, you know, I, I don't want a position. <laughs> it's just like, right. you know, that's. That's not what I'm looking for, you know. And yeah. and then and uh, another person, I, I another leader, I was sitting and I was just sharing, my, you know, just the, the, my pain and, and and you know, just trying to process things. And it just I stop, stop, stop. I've got no sympathy for this, you know. I've got no sympathy about your situation. Um, let me tell you about my ministry. And it's just like, oh, uh, really, what? Uh, <laughs> And at that point in time, I just really decided I'm never going to talk to another leader, you know. But then there was you, and that was a different situation. So, um, you know, we, then there we, was you. <laughs> then there was you. That sounds like a, a nice romantic. <laughs> um, but you know, you and I could could um, transverse, no, communicate backwards and forwards. You know the. Our own journeys, and right, right. there was room for that, and that—that's why I value this kind of, um, like, sit on the deck, kind of porch, kind of thing on our rocking chairs or whatever. Yeah. Chairs, and you know, have a you know, have a fire, and that's in my mind. It's like, okay, we're recording, but that doesn't matter. The fact is, is that um, I might not be speaking, you know. Legalistic truth, but what I'm doing is I'm with you. I'm processing. Yeah, we're processing something. Yeah, our hearts. We're having we're having a discussion. We, you know, then we go backwards and forwards. We get we get inspired. We go and think, rethink these things. Come back again. Talk about it some more next week. And and you know, and and that's why I just you know I decided I'm going to be what others want to me. You know, when when a minister was struggling, I'm willing to talk to you. You know, I I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to give right. to you without condemnation, without judgment. It's just hearing you because the word restore there is interesting. It's the same word as equip. It's katapisma, and it means to repair and prepare someone again. Hmm. And so, so is that you know you who are spiritual. Another translation says you are spiritually mature. And right. So doesn't that reveal the lack of maturity we have? That's right. In the, body, in the body of Christ is that we don't have people that can step in and say, hey, let's talk this through. It just doesn't happen. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. And and not just talk at you through it, but let's yes. walk let's walk through this together. Find out. Right. Uh, it says counsel is bound up in the heart of man, but a man of understanding will draw it from right. him. So yeah. a lot of times that that river has just been that river that's supposed to flow out of the belly has just been stopped up. Um, I was at a certain time also um, where I was <clears throat> at a at kind of a not a standstill, but um, I had just um, 
turned over a, a ministry to, to some people and, and had uh, gone to a different place and, and was starting, basically starting over and trying to figure out what to do in life. And we started attending this little fellowship and the, <laughs> the pastor comes up to me about a month into it or so and says, yeah, I had a dream. He says, I had a dream that there was uh, the sheep were, were all being hung on this scaffold and um and this wolf was trying to grab all the sheep and uh you know was just was tearing into them while they were on the scaffold and just just uh you know leaving them left there just naked and bloody i said man that sounds terrible i mean that's not a good thing he says yeah and you were that wolf uh, oh no <laughs> and I went, oh man <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's uh. Well, he didn't yeah, say you, nice. he didn't say you. What he said was because he didn't realize that in the dream. He just said, "I, I woke up and I got to thinking about it, and I, I think you are that wolf." Is what he said. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and part of that comes from just the insecurity of of you know whatever, just afraid you're going to oh, come in. Yeah, you're going to come in and try to take something that's theirs. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what's funny is Absalom. You know, David's son. Absalom was never after David's position as a father. He was after David's position as king. Yeah. And if we just show people the father, if we just give them the father. There's no position to be had. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be no Absaloms. There'll be no whatever. And we're we're trying to fight off all these Absaloms, we think. You know, somebody trying to take our ministry, somebody trying to take this and take all of our people and do all this. Well, number one, they're not your people. It's not your ministry. <laughs> it's, exactly. you know, if you're doing this, you're doing it. Uh, you're you're standing there like Christ and in and hearing the words at his mouth and speaking to them of him. You're supposed to be showing them him anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not it's not ours. But see, we're brought up thinking that the ministry is ours. It's and yeah. so our identity, our identity is so wrapped up in it. And that's the thing, too, is is our identity. As a man, okay, I'll just say this as me, not not even generalizing as a man. But I have a tendency to identify with whatever it is I'm doing. Like I am a plumber or I am a whatever. I, uh, I'm a landscape design artist. Uh, you know, I, um, uh, but to have that identity, you know, to have, we identify with what we do rather than who we are and that's when you made that statement a little while ago as far as my thrust anymore or my the whole thing behind what i feel like the lord's taking us through right now is to identify who we are mm. and uh because we've identified too long with what we do as opposed to who we are and we get so wrapped up in doing that we forget who we are and yeah. Consequently, we don't do then because uh, if we continue, like it says in James, it says the reason we don't do the word because we looked in the mirror and straightway forgot who we were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah. by the way, I got excited when you said about, you know, uh, that that fragrance, you know, the aroma. What do they get whenever, you know, they get around you? I I I also am an entrepreneur. You know that. I mean, yeah. you know, I've always had my own business and then, uh, anyway, I started, I started another business and, um, I released, I released my first aroma, uh, last week and, uh, nobody in the car appreciated it. <laughs> you work hard at it. <laughs> I worked hard at that one. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, <well. laughs> 
Yeah, Connie okay. says Connie says the problem is I can tell when you're setting us you're setting me up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even in the entrepreneurial stuff, we do that. We we have a tendency to identify them with whatever it is that we're doing as opposed to who we are as a son of God. And yeah. we, f- we forget that seeking first the kingdom because we don't equate that. We equate it with whatever it is we feel like God's told us to do. Right. And the kingdom isn't about doing. <laughs> yeah. But that's um, the thing is, you see, somebody can replace what you do, but nobody can oh, yeah. replace who you are. Uh, yeah, and that's nobody, true. You know, nobody can, can replace it. And, and that's what we, you need to understand. Work is not what you do. Work is who you are. Work mm. is w- how you serve your world. Um, with ah, that's a very good one. Yeah, that's and very good. That you are, you know, it's just like you've been created with specific mission, mission with a specific assignment, with a specific purpose on the earth. Nobody can be who you are, and right. so the, the, and, and nobody can replace that. They can fire you from job but that doesn't change who you are it doesn't change how you deliver what you do um it doesn't change your work you know because right. your work is, who, is how you serve who you are to the world and and so they can't fire you from that you know they they cannot even pay you enough to be that it's right just, um, it's just because that is incredibly valuable so, right well so, we devalue I, ourselves a lot uh, in, in wow, everything, yeah, so society. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I was just caught talking with Connie about that the other day. That uh, I've been working on this project for about three years for this water feature up in uh, another state uh, and um, for a city up there. And uh, uh, I kind of, you know, retired about <laughs> two years ago <laughs> or a year, a year and a half ago now, but. Um, Anyway, they, they called back and wanted wanted the finished drawings on that and wanted to reinstate all that and, and get it going again. Well, I contacted a friend of mine who's a who does a great job at uh, commercial fountains and water features. And uh, I just said, how much will this be? And he gave me his price. I went, holy smokes. <laughs> I... I was going to do the whole thing for that, not just for the equipment. And he's going, you know, you know, you don't realize what you do. He says, the thing that you do, nobody else does. He says, the thing you will have to do this. It was a a tree made out of antlers and, and with a root system and whatever, and lit up and it sprays. Um, I mean, that's part of the feature. Um, but anyway, uh, here I am telling my secrets all over the world, but, uh, at any rate, the, um, he says, but nobody else knows how to do that. He said, I've never seen anything like that. And he says, this came out of your heart. You're probably going to have to be the one to create that because he says you, you have devalued yourself. You don't realize what you have. Yeah. And, um, I'm going you know, I've done that all my life. I, yeah. I've thought I projected my poverty mentality on other people and said, boy, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of money to pay for that. I don't think that's good. I don't think I'm worth that. Or I don't think that I, I remember going into this guy's uh, uh, um, office one time and I had all the drawings for the new project and everything. And, and he says, Man, what makes you think that I'm going to pay you that kind of money to do that? You're nothing but a guy with a truck and an idea. Ah, idea. (laughs) Yeah, and I said, well, if you like the idea, then go ahead and buy the idea. But if you don't like it, you can go ahead and drop whatever you want and have, have your group of your employees that you've already got go ahead and do it. I said, it doesn't matter to me, but if you like the idea, this is how much it is. And he, 
he is a shrewd businessman. I mean, he, um, he started several company, multi-million dollar companies and, and, you know, just wasted more money than I could, I've ever made in my life, you know, in one week. And yeah. anyway, he looked at me and he smiled and he goes, okay. <laughs> and he says, this is for your idea. <laughs> and he wrote out a check. And I thought, you know, that's, that was the first time I'd rather, uh, I'd really valued what I did. Yeah. And, um, uh, just like you, you know, you, you, it isn't that you take pride in it. It's that's who you are. You want to be detailed in it and you want to do the best job that you possibly can at what you're doing. So consequently people are calling you because you're not leaving out paperwork. You're not forgetting signatures. You didn't leave something at home. Oh man, I'm sorry. We can't close today. I got to go home and get something. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain aspect to what you bring to the table. Like you said, that's important. Nobody else is going to do it the way you do it. Well, and it, you know, I, I, in fact, Friday is like, um, I had to scan a whole bunch of documents and I looked at the scans afterwards and I decided, yeah, you know, I thought to myself, would I be happy with this? No, I'm, I wouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, 185 documents. In, in Holy pages. smokes. And so I was just like, no, I wouldn't. So I got out of my vehicle because I was sitting in the vehicle with the AC on because <laughs> it's so hot, you know. And uh, so I got, no, this is not going to work. So I went and stood outside in my the trunk of my car and uh, and rescanned the whole thing. And then I oh up, my land, yeah, I went through everything and I'm scanning with my with my phone. So I'm just like scanning one at a time, one at a time. And, uh, and so my back was hurting. And I get to the last page, and the lady had missed something I told her to do. So fortunately, I did it the second time, packed it all up, uh, rode all the way back to her house, got got it corrected, brought it back again. Now, I could have just ignored it and said, but, you know, it, for me, is this, am I happy? No. If I'm not happy, then right. why should I be? You know, it's just like... It's presenting who I am, and the, the better I present who I am, the the more credibility, the more reputation comes to me. Don't pursue money, you know. Pursue substance and pursue right. who you are, because then money will come. Yeah, and that goes back to who you're an ambassador of. Exactly. What are you so, really representing out there? Well, that's right, and so then I get I get a notification from from a company that. They wanted to pay me three times the amount of my normal amount to do uh, a signing that the same month. <laughs> so, wow! So it might—it's not even the same same company, but right. it's just the quality. If you decide on who you are and how you present yourself, uh, how you serve yourself to the world, um, you know, it carries that kind of value and significance. Yeah, so, it does. It does. And then others pick up on it, you know. It's just they go, "This is the brand. This is my brand." You know? So yeah, uh, very very important keeping the balance and all those things. Hey, I, I don't know if we have time, but I, somebody asked me this this scripture um, in Malachi chapter four, um, verse five and six. Well, verse six specifically, we will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children. Fathers, uh, so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse of complete destruction. Because that is like what all kinds of um, connotations today. Right. I, you know, so I'm throwing it out there for just a little bit of a discussion. Holy smokes, brother. We might have wanted to do that 49 minutes ago. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> I wanted to, but we sort of like went on. Anyway, well, maybe maybe think about it. And, uh... <laughs> no, I mean that's fine. I just <laughs> that's like yeah, a whole other. Because uh, doesn't uh, doesn't oh man, I I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But one of the in the things in the New Testament says this: the spirit of of that same the spirit of Isaiah that it comes bring, bring the hearts of the fathers back to the children, hearts of the children back to the fathers. I mean, it's the same. Luke, 
might have been on Luke, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's just, but it it ties the old with the new, and just the last thing that they end up with in Malachi, you know, they end up in, or they start with in that particular book. And I'm thinking, there's something to this. There's something that's, um, you know, the, the we have lost that idea of of bringing that hearts of the fathers back to the children. Uh, yeah. We're so, we've been so busy. Uh, the particular group that we were involved with for a long time, we were so busy in our own discipleship, quote unquote, that we let our children go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when actually it is the next generation is supposed to be about what is it that they need to grow? I mean, they're just a little plant. So what is it they need to be nurtured with? What is it they need to grow? You know, it's the, the, as they're little, they're just a blade and then the ear. (laughs) And if you look at it, just like a farmer does, you, there's some things that we just haven't done as, as fathers to the people around us or as representing the father to people around us. Uh, And we just think, oh, they can just get by or, oh, it's just a problem they're going through or whatever. But, um, you know, if, if we don't do that, it is as though everything is, it's going to, I was going to say cursed, but it is, they do fall under the curse because that's what they're going to follow. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, again, coming back to the, the sense of maturity. Is that, right. Uh, you know, if, if we don't have maturity in, as spiritual moms and dads in the body of Christ, who are Part of the father to the next generation, and that's what we—that's what you're talking about. It's just—it's it's practically within a context of our family, but within the context of the community of the church. Right. It's not about having you know somebody standing up in the pulpit who can preach louder than everybody else, and he's now the father, and everybody's got to like you know um, have their hearts turned towards him. Right. That's, right. You know that can become a little distorted. Well, we we turn it into a title again because we love. Well, we it. turn we turn it into a positional right power right. position. You know, right, it's just another way to to sheepify everybody. Um, uh, oh, that's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> and that can be wow. Um, but but it's just you know rather than us reflecting the heart of the heavenly Father to those who are in our world of influence. Right. And, and that as in, in the maturity of, of the moms and dads in the house, not because they're su- spiritually superior, but just because they, they are able, what is it, Hebrews chapter 5, through, ex- through experience, they're able to discern good and evil, you know, good and right. bad. And, right, right, right. And uh, they, they can make moral distinctions within the context of the body of Christ. And so they, they're able to reflect the heart of the Father as moms and dads are spiritually mature to the, the, the next generations coming to right. the community of you God. Suppose, yeah. You suppose part of that is, is because we lost our own identity? We just don't know. We forget who we are as far as I'm not saying we've got to picture ourselves as moms and dads or spiritual moms and dads. I'm just saying we forget who we are as ambassadors of the King or sons of God, who, who are to represent our father, wherever it is that we go. Well, well exactly. Uh, you know, that, that, that is like the double edged sword. Uh, of the whole right. Thing, uh, you know, is that, yes, we, we, we forgotten, you know, is because we identify with being members of the church. Right. Uh, right. You know, and as, as a, as a, converted sinner rather than as being um, you know, a son of the God. Son of God. Because, right. You know, part of the family of God, which also makes me a citizen of, of the nation. Of, right. Um, yeah, I had a friend the, that used to say that all the time. He says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. I'm going, man, that's the picture of yourself the whole time. I mean, you still see yourself as a sinner. Yeah. You don't see yourself walking resurrected. Well, and that, you know, it was revolutionary for me to be 
I mean, like, you know, we've always read that we are ambassadors, but it just never, it never registered as a political, a political, um, right, kind of position that I have as a representation of the kingdom of heaven on the right, earth. right. It was just like it never, it never quite registered like that with me religiously. It was like a nice idea, and even the concept of you know, I'm a new creature, I'm a brand new man, born again, and you know on my way to heaven kind of thing was that that's nice and it's true, but there was, there's a bigger purpose to that than just being a new creation. (laughs) It's to be an ambassador. It's to be, it's so that I've come into this new, not new, I've come into this place of being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And, And so we need to get that identity right. Is that, that is a, uh, that is a, Political right, uh, it, it is a political position. I have a, I have a, a new passport kind of thing. You know? Right. It's just like um, that I represent a kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven on earth, which is you know, being part of the culture of the kingdom of God. And so that's firstly. Secondly, is that um, uh, we we have forgotten that church is not a meeting. We've forgotten that church. Church right. is ecclesia. It's it's a it's it's a it was a common word. We've made it into a religious word, but it's a it was a very common concept back in the day of that Jesus walked on the earth. And so we've forgotten there is a community, and part of that community is is it's not a one man show. It's a it's a community of generations, and that we need people to be matured, uh, to be mature, and to be acknowledged as mature, <laughs> that they are there to, in fact, raise families. Because, and you know what we have today is immature, if we look in the natural, right. immature parents trying to raise children who are becoming the anarchists. You know, yeah. Like, Woe to um, the land when the king is a child thing. Ah, exactly. exactly. And why is that? Because there's, there's no maturity that level and you know, I don't want to say there's no I'm generalizing but you know what I mean. There's right, no right. Mature parents, you know, bring a constitution, uh, bring values, bring principles, bring uh, foundation to their children's life. And they come back yeah. to what you were talking about earlier, you know, it's just like if the if the fathers are not there for the sons or if the parents aren't there for the children, then the children grow up lawless. Right. Well, that's why he's restoring that back. Even right now, there's like a a wave of that because we've seen that fatherhood sonship thing come through, but it became more like a title and position as opposed to the actual spirit of it. Uh, but there's a there is that being restored to the body of Christ. I mean, that's what he's doing is returning the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the hearts of the children back to the fathers. I mean, you're you're seeing that happen but in a more <clears throat> not in the positional thinking it's it's the it's that life-giving spirit now and uh, people are are seeking for relationship that shows them who they are as a son of god but they're seeing that maturity and following that as opposed to following just hey i'm your spiritual father thing yeah yeah and because i can i can give a a professional Right, right. I, I mean, that just, that stuff, you know, because a showy, showy dad <laughs> just tells me that an arrogant, showy dad, um, you know, it's all about him. It's about his life and about his toys and about, you know, how, how important he is. But a, a true father, you know, it just doesn't have to do that. Children actually show who he is. And, right. Um, well, that's what Paul said. Paul yeah. said, You will tell whether or not I'm an apostle, or you will be able to see that I'm an apostle, or one who is sent by God to this area, or to this people, or to whatever, by looking at, at these men right here. Right. And, he, yeah. and he's pointing them or naming, not naming them out specifically, but he's saying, Unless you, 
when you look at these guys, you're going to tell whether or not I was sent. And, that, and that's the thing is like when when he sent Timothy to to Corinth, right? You you remind you of my way, right? So, right? 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 You know, it's right. just like not not any instruction, but you'll just look at his life and you go, I can see, you know, I can see the discipleship in him. And right. Body. You know, he, he of course was was reflecting what he had received. Yeah, and like you said, he, he will. He will represent me, or he will speak me like no other. I mean, nobody yeah, else. Right. Can do it. He's gonna, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's going to bring you the same thing I'm bringing you. Yeah. And then in in Luke chapter one, he talks about um, verse seventeen. He says, uh, when he was prophesying with God, he's speaking with God about a little, um, John the Baptist. It says, "It is he who will go as a forerunner before me in Christ." In the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers. Oh, Elijah. Yeah. 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 And the disobedience to the attitude of the righteous, Mm. which is to seek and submit to the will of God in order to make people ready, to make ready a people perfectly prepared spiritually, morally for the Lord. And and, (laughs) we, I mean, gosh, there's just like the door that opens up and all sorts of things there. But um, another. What did I say? Spirit and power of Isaiah. <laughs> anyway, Elijah. Yeah, yeah Elijah. <laughs> so, and it says in another translation, he will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers and tenderness back to their children. And oh, the really? Disobedience, yeah. And the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. Wow. And he will prepare a united people ready for the Lord's appearing. Another translation says um, that he will soften the hearts of parents to children and kindle devout understanding among among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people ready for God. And and that, you know, it comes back to me, like Paul says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, you know, I I, I wooed you to one uh, husband. Christ Jesus, you know, with single-minded devotion, and, uh, and I, it's just like that's got to be our reflection, not to for anything else, but that as as um, the as the hearts of the fathers, the the um, to prepare people to prepare the next generation on how to know Him who is from the beginning. You know, right. Did did you do this too? Uh, as far as because I heard you mention it earlier, but I remember sitting in my little office or my study or whatever, and uh, the kids would come in, "Daddy, Daddy, can I do this?" Just a minute, honey. I can't do it right now. I'm I've got to prepare the message for tomorrow, or I'm yeah, studying. Yeah. I'm studying yeah. right now, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they go away disappointed a few minutes later. Daddy, Daddy, can we? No, honey, I'm studying still. This just stay out. You know, I will come out. Well, one, two hours later, of course, they're gone off doing something else. Rather than the hearts of the father going, you know what? This child or this life is way more important than me preparing something. Uh, what if, what if I just go in there in faith and find out what the father's speaking and just speak? out of the abundance of the heart. What if I just do that? And so I didn't learn that till way later. Yeah. And I mean, I'd go ahead and study during the week, different things, but I wasn't studying for a message. I wasn't studying for a particular series. I wasn't studying for whatever. And consequently the series came out, you know, and the different things happened, but, but I wasn't studying for the performance. Yeah. I was so. that's the thing yeah, that's the thing. Is like it's it's all about it's all about the performance. Right. If 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 we take that out, it's amazing how much more will happen. You know. Oh, you what aren't kidding. Other things will, will arise. You know, what a different attitude there would be. And uh, yeah, so it's like soften the hearts of moms and dads to right. the, to the next generation and then kindle devout understanding. Did you ever see the movie Footloose? Yes. 
remember that scene in there where the father of the of that girl the father is a pastor of course and he's standing up there and he is he is um practicing his sermon with all the nuances with all of the gestures with everything and his daughter his daughter was saying you know i used to enjoy seeing this as a little girl and i used to respect that but basically basically from what i remember you know she was saying but for some reason i don't anymore and i'm going well that's because that that whole thing is is fake it's a religious thing it's not life and that's what the whole thing was about you know letting the kids come to life because they were brought down by all this these rules and laws and you know even though it was you know i know it was a worldly movie and whatever but but the whole thing was yeah. breaking them out of that religion. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that's how they view it. You know, that's how they view it. Oh, yeah. They view who we, what we represent. You know, we don't want that anymore. Right. We want to represent something that's life. Yeah. Well, if I just, if I realize that I came, I, I'm come that you might have life and that more abundantly, just like Christ. Yeah. Then yeah, wherever not, I go. Not, not just Sunday mornings at the altar. Right. Right. But to my kids, to my wife, yeah, to, to my wife, my children, my world. Uh, yeah, everybody. Everybody experience. Yeah, I was sent here today in my car with all this paperwork that you might have life and that more abundantly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if it's not, then I need to rethink and realign <clears throat> what God has for me. You know, right, like, right. Where is life for me right now? Right. And the, he, the thing is about it is if we follow him, you know, if we're listening to him, he'll always bring us into seasons of life. Oh, you aren't kidding, yeah. You know, he just he just does. And and that's what the Lord said to me when I when I said to the Lord, you know, it, I'm amazed. It's like you've got this opportunity and you're blessing me and, and you know and the Lord said, Isn't it amazing how when you stepped away from what you thought was constantly the only thing you could do there were other things that I was going to bring life to you um, wow. and prepare you for, for greater than you imagined. And right. Oh my word, you know, it's just like we get so tunnel, you know, it's like one guy said, we're so myopic in our, in our perspective, we can see through a keyhole with both eyes, you know. So right. We, we've got to begin to broaden our, our, our walk with him and say, you know, he's the king, he's got us. He's got so much for us that we that we haven't seen. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. My battery's running out on my on everything on my headset. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already Back. shouting in my ears. Yeah, I've yeah. got this little voice going, uh, you know, recharge now, recharge oh, okay. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to recharge. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what uh, type of fruit? What type of fruit grows on a bat tree? I don't know. Bat uh, a battery? You, you bat call it a battery? Yeah, and battery. Anyway, battery. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I love and appreciate you. Thanks for your right. time, man. We'll catch you later. Bye, bye. Catch you later.